1: This is the Arsenal Vision post-match podcast. My name is Elliot Smith. You can block me on Twitter, Yankee Gunner, and we have a new head coach, and it is Mikel Arteta. Comunicado oficial de Arsenal was the tweet. I uh, wondered if it was maybe saved in drafts for a year and a half, but it has in fact come to fruition. And our intro which for so long had people sort of wondering, are you going to update it? Are you going to update it? Well, now what do you think, huh? Now it's timely as can be. That's right. Arteta! That's it. It is Arteta. And uh, I, for one, am thrilled, and we will talk about that. It's going to be sort of a fireside chat today, just me and Clive uh, on the podcast. So Clive's on Twitter at ClivePAFC. Hello, Clive. Yeah, it's a a celebratory day, and I mean, I know that not everybody feels entirely the same about this. Here's what I will tell you. Yesterday for patrons, we did a pod that dives into a little bit of the process, questions about how the club conducted the process, about Raul and Edu and Stan, um, excitement about Arteta, the, the state of the squad. It was more of a state of the union, state of the club kind of podcast in light of the fact that we expected this announcement to come today. This pod, I think what we will just do is try to stay more tightly focused on Arteta being uh, announced, on his first press conference, on his first interview, and our reactions to it and our excitement for what is to come. Because that's really what's going on. So I will simply say that we have a couple things going on. You can win a year of our patron Patreon, you can win a year of The Athletic, and you can win an Arsenal shirt. All three things are up for grabs at arsenalvisionpodcast.com forward slash win, sort of our Christmas giveaways. So, uh, you know, definitely head over there and and enter. It doesn't cost you anything to do it, obviously, and uh, we'll be giving all that away. And obviously, if you're already a patron, uh, we appreciate that, but you are eligible, obviously, to win the free year of Patreon. We'd love to have you over uh, on Patreon, Clive. Who is here right now and can speak about this if you'd like, is going to be doing some um, transfer window pods. We'll also have some of our special guests from the summer back, a lot of the, the talent scouts from Y-Scout and Stats Bomb and stuff like that, coming on to talk about players that are out there. So it should be uh, an exciting period in terms of all the players in world football that we will not sign. And then uh, last but not least, if you want to get someone to sing, and I have been pushing for it to be Clyde, but it doesn't have to be, you can sign up for The Athletic. You'll get a month free, half off, and you can do it at theathletic.com forward slash P A F C. Stoberto, Yankee Gunner, and Paul AFC. And whoever gets the most votes that way uh, will wind up singing our Christmas song this year. So I'm looking forward to that. Okay, so let's do it. So Clive, I mean, first things first, there's really a, a couple different bits of media out there uh, introducing our TED to the club. There is the actual live press conference for the media, and then there's the first interview that was on the website. And I think there's interesting things in in both of those, uh, video clips that that we can dive into, but what I want to do just first, just your very first sensation, and Mikel Arteta being named head coach of Arsenal, and and how you react to the news before you know diving into what you expect from him or how you reacted to any of his interviews.
2: Yeah, well, first things first, let's put a little bit of context. I, I'm not a kid. I'm not. I'm not 16, 17, and I don't easily get excited. Right, but I have to say, I'm beyond excitement, and I and I and I almost didn't expect it and the reason why i'm excited is he's he sounds like exactly what's required he keeps talking about uh, connection and energy and and culture and all the things that we speak about and he just gets it he just gets what's missing and the people that understand the problem statement and really understand how to approach a role how to approach leadership understand what that cycle looks like I could just tell straight away he knows what he's walking into what he needs to do he's talking a lot about understanding people I'm a big believer in there are different ways of coaching and a big part of coaching for me is a part that is all about emotional intelligence How you connect to people, how you engage your people, how you understand people. Because when you understand people, you can provide an environment for them to thrive. And he obviously wants to get in, talk, understand the players, understand what's missing, understand what's wrong. Correct it. Say what his culture is and say, by the way, are you jumping on board? Because if you jump on board, the words he used was, this is how we're going to live. And that just stunned me that was. I and mean, that's exactly it. If you're at Arsenal, it's a life. It's a lifestyle. Don't come along and make it a chore to be in this environment. Make it a privilege. And these are the things that just set my heart, racing. it. Yeah. And I'm, and when I talk about coaching, that's, that's that's what you, that's what we talk about what Klopp has done, hasn't he? He's connected that club. And we're talking about connection. And, we, also, we talk about the layers and we talk about the connection to the fans and and we say it, but when you hear it, when you feel it, it hits you. And it really hit me today, really hit me, even though we knew it, to see someone get it on day one and articulate it in a way that I really believed in. I just, man, I'm, I'm beyond excited, honestly. Yeah,
1: I and mean, look, I mean, they, there are times when we get so caught up talking about the, the minutia of running a club, the minutia of analyzing a player or a coach, tactical minutiae, that we lose sight of some of the more grandiose elements of being a fan. Um, and I think Arsenal fans are maybe more guilty of that than most because we've had to get PhDs in economics to understand why the club is underperforming, and we've had to get PhDs in analytics to understand why the tactics aren't working. And we all know RxG, and we all know Swiss Ramble, you know, is notifications on on Twitter and all that. But, like, mm. there's an emotion about things. And you should like your club, like your players, like your manager. Like Even at the lowest moment, I always liked Arsene Wenger, the person. And that made me more inclined to want to stick with him. Now, by the end, I was ready for him to go, certainly. But like, I like Mikel Arteta. I liked listening to him speak. I like seeing him communicate. I, I He connected with me in these interviews. He is somebody that I am happy to see being the coach of Arsenal. And I mean, I, I don't want to make everything in this podcast a compare and contrast with an I Emery. It's hard not to, because much like we compared and contrasted Emery with, with Wenger, you know, Emery was the last coach of Arsenal, and, and Arteta is the new one. I don't know that I ever warmed to Emery, and that may have influenced my analysis of him, although I would argue that the results and the performances were in, in step with that. But, it, but liking the guy matters. I mean, Clive, is it fair to just say, you know what, it's not my job to hire the guy. It's not my job to run the club. It's my job to be a fan and like the club and like the team and like the coach. And I like him. And at a very base level, liking the guy is a good start.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's critical to getting a job, right? So I, I'm into young people looking for work, etc. And I always say to them, when you go for the interview, make sure that the guy likes you at the end of it. Oh, because I'll oh, make sure you can... Sit on the plane with that person for three, four hours, and they'd like to sit on the plane with you. I think it's, it's very important. It's just a uh, it's just an element of engagement and liking. And remember, I, remember, I said very quite early on with Emery, regardless of what he was doing on the pitch, there was I used the phrase that nobody loved him. Remember that one? Yeah, and yeah.
1: Did,
2: uh, and
1: uh, me, it, most it, of it, all.
2: <laughs> yeah, but you can you know you can still support your club even though you don't love the coach because I felt he was brought in you know, to do a particular job, which is get us into the top four. I, th- I felt within two years. Uh, it obviously, it derailed after 16, 17 months, but he was brought in to do a job, and that's when I started calling him the cleaner or the caretaker because I felt we were going to go through massive change and more change than even I suspected. And we wanted somebody that we almost didn't care about at the helm. Do you know what I mean? He was somebody that just had disposable. to do the ugly. Mm-hmm. Show. Exactly, disposable. We we cared about the results, but can we ever say we massively cared about him? And I respected him as a football coach. I think he's a very good football coach. Do you still? I mean,
1: can, can I just ask I, you for a second? I, I, I mean, I, I, when you no, look I at what he did um, with this team, do you do you not think it's fair to say that that he made some serious mistakes in the way he coached the team, and that that it's not just that the the players didn't try or didn't care. I mean, I saw players who tried to, to execute to a plan me, and failed, you know.
2: You had to say, I said to you, I think he's a very good football coach, right? So being a football coach and listening to what I said about the introduction to, about Arteta, there's a there's a different ways of coaching. There is the, you know, author, authoritarian, you do this, you do this, we're going to do this over analytical way. And there's the guy that we met today from a coaching perspective somebody that believes in messaging, you know, somebody that's emotionally intelligent, connectivity, wants to bring people together, far more collegiate, it's just a stylistic thing. In the end, results matter, right? But what I did like, and what we didn't hear before, is very difficult for him to say. He can't talk about the loss of identity or the culture changing, because he hasn't been part of it historically. He can't connect to us in the same way, because his background is different. We haven't got that history with him. He hasn't played for the club 150 times and captured the club and won two trophies with the club. So there, there is that connection, which it may sound a bit, so what? If we lose the next five games, will I be saying that? But actually, I felt today it does mean something. It does mean something to how you feel. Now, just because um, Emery didn't work out in the end, this guy is a, a world-renowned football coach. You don't have to like him, you know. We can put him apart when he made his, you know, good decisions, bad decisions. We don't have to like him, but I'm not going to, you know, there were periods in this, um, in his reign where I think he does some good things. There were periods where I think he does some bad things. I'm not going to say, well, because I don't like him, I'm going to analyse him differently. No, 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 no. I'm going to analyse exactly what I see. When the players disappeared from him, it didn't matter what I thought anymore. It didn't matter what I think he's, what he's like as a coach because you've lost dressing room. What subsequently happened is those very same players, are still not on board of anyone's bus. They're on their own bus. I think that's the big challenge to to Arteta, you know, to come back in and really fix what's broken. Mm. We've got we've got a divided dressing room, a divided club. We have issues in that dressing room, and it's obvious by the way we play, and that needs to be fixed. And I think that's uh, that's a byproduct of many individuals, and not just Ula Emery.
1: Yeah, well, I, all right, so let's talk a little bit about some of the things that came out in these interviews um, and, and that distinguished Mikel Arteta. I, I think, look, Tim made this point on Twitter that one of the exciting things about Arteta is because he's never been a head coach, we don't know what his flaws are, so we can't look for them and focus on them. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that followed Emery around his entire Arsenal career was that David Cartilage tweet thread, Twitter thread, of what Emery did wrong during his time in Spain and at PSG. And, you know, we, we kept looking, you know, every time something would go wrong for Emery at Arsenal, you'd dig up a match report from PSG or, a, a, you know, a tweet about a game in Spain and you'd say, see, this has always been the issue with him. So I think Tim makes a good point that with Arteta, we don't know what his flaws are. So everything is about his possibilities right now, and we're not going to be looking for a flaw. If the team concedes a goal down the left side, we're not going to say, well, see, there's his flaw where he's always allowed goals to be scored down his left side. You know what I mean? We're not going to have that level of granularity in analyzing his weaknesses. But what I really do believe was a shortcoming of the previous regime was a failure not to connect with fans. We know about that but to connect with the players as invi- as individuals. Lots of reporting about how Emery would prefer to be alone in a, in a video chamber, you know, or a room watching video than be with the players. And that he he didn't want to instruct them and communicate with them and that they were sort of fungible to him. Arteta, one of his first comments in his interview on the dot com, he talks about being like a heart surgeon and that each player is like a heart that he's operating on. And he has to scratch mm-hmm. that area and see how it works and and understand that individual and then understand what that individual needs to thrive. And I think that is exactly what this team needs because it is a weird conglomeration of youth and experience of people that think they're stars and people that have been stars and maybe aren't anymore. And I think it does need an individual touch for individual players. How important was hearing that for you and and his willingness to really care about the individuals? He spoke about Pep and what he learned under Pep and how Pep made everyone feel so special as long as they did the things you know, that were the minimum requirements. I mean, is yeah. that a critical change to, to start to stitch the squad back together?
2: Yeah, he he's he talked about how he's going to build an environment, isn't he? That's just a base layer of building an environment. And it's just, it's wonderful to hear. We never heard that before. You know, we were so focused on making sure we don't fall off the face of the cliff after a manager, been a generational manager moved on. And what we heard was somebody struggling in the language to articulate himself and talking about other teams more so than than our own team. You know, so, and that was, and I think we lost a bit of our identity, and, and Arteta said that today, you know, he was asked the question, do you think we've lost our identity? And he said, he, almost, he answered it hesitantly, and he said, I'm afraid I think so. He said, I sat here last week, and I saw the sad faces on the crowd. And I mean, and it, and it upset him. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, trust me, it was very upsetting watching that Man City game last week, and, it's a, it's a stylistic thing right there are people that coach groups really well they never look anyone in the eye but they capture the whole group Right. Yeah. and there are people yeah. that you know they're the sort of people that can manage large organizations they know everything but no one do you know what I mean you no know, everyone hates him you don't buy him nothing at Christmas you just don't like him right but they still manage the firm and the firm goes on to great things wherever it is you know I've worked in a corporate environment I've seen those those type of leaders them those managing directors I've also seen ones that have the personal touch that are all to understand you want to give you programs that work for you and he's obviously somebody that's far more individual I use the term emotional intelligence engaging with people understand what makes them tick that's great that's one thing but you can't have an environment for all an individual environment he has to create the standards those standards have to be consistent within those standards you have a level of individuality about how to treat people right so but in the end he wants to connect with you to say this is the requirement are you on board I need to know if you're on board great if you're on board this is how we're going to be mm. and that's when was, i I'm that we haven't had that even during Benga's time let's be honest he was a he was far more of a a soft manager, creating a, a very relaxed environment, which really did drive creativity of football. You know, it requires you much. to
1: have players of big character to yeah. thrive. And I think when we had big character players, they thrived. And as the character, the players maybe changed, totally they it, it became more like having the substitute teacher at school. They they went on recess, you know?
2: Absolutely. You know what, you mentioned something about, I read, I've been reading lots of stuff recently, and Arteta said... He found it a bit weird at halftime sometimes in Wenger's dressing room because it was so quiet. He wouldn't say anything. So he started taking a leadership role in team talks at half time. You know, he started to coach some of the sessions because he felt Wenger was a little bit distant. And that was a problem we used to have, somebody that was so powerful in the club that maybe he neglected the actual core part of the role, which was coaching the first team. You know, this is one of my big frustrations. I wish Wenger had recognised his own development and went upstairs and became far more holistic over the club, and then ha huh, and developed his successor and actually let his successor have the run of the team. He might still be at the club today, but what he did to try to do everything and end up dropping the whole ball, right? So that's a shame. So. That's just, a, that's just a personal regret I have to let a, a man of that sort of stature leave the club after 22 years and he's just gone. All that knowledge is gone from the club. Now we have to rebuild that culture again with different people, bringing different skill sets. And we have to give them time and patience to grow sort of organically once more.
1: Yeah, one thing that I think he has going for him that Emery maybe didn't or certainly lost is that at this point, and I said this in our, our Patreon pod yesterday, but I'll, I'll reiterate it um, because... I don't have an original thought anymore. But but I think the, the, the thing that Arteta has going for him is that the players have sort of lost the fans a little bit. So if there are players that aren't on board with him or don't respond to him the way he needs them to, and he decides that they're not going to play for him or they're not going to be part of the team, I don't think there are any sacred cows in this squad with the fans right now. You know, I mean, Emery was muddled in his thinking relating to players like Ramsey and Ozil, and I think he got it in the neck from fans for that. I think at this point we we kind of have the attitude that all these players are bums. I, I know they're not, yep. by the way. I'm not saying that, but I think we're we're kind of fed up with them. And so if Arteta feels fed up with any of them, I don't think any fan will have a problem with him making an example out of any player at this point, um, with very very few exceptions to that. So I think I think that part works. One of the things, look, th- I am very on board with the Arteta hiring. I am not necessarily on board with the process by which we got there. We're not going to dive into that. And I'm not saying Arteta is the best candidate in the entire field of coaching candidates in the world. Having said that, (laughs) I am very satisfied with this selection and excited for it in a lot of ways. Emotionally, intellectually, tactically, uh, short-term, long-term, you name it. One of the things, by the way, that really impressed me, Clive, and then I'll get on to the next point, which is about experience. Um, Mm -hmm. They asked him... You know, oh, you know, what are the goals? What are some things you need to do? And I think that they were looking for like things like I want to inspire confidence in the players or get them to trust me or get the fans on side. And you know what he said? He said, win football matches. And I love that because it is so easy for a young coach starting out at a big club that's struggling to grab onto that excuse of having time. You know, well... Right now what we want to do is just instill a style of play and educate and slowly build confidence and then eventually see that bear fruit. No, he's like, i got to win football games. I'm a football coach. i got to win football games. And I love that because it takes a big responsibility to walk into the mess that is Arsenal right now and not hide and not say eight million things that are your short-term goals that none of which are winning football games because I would be fine. You know, I'm the one sitting here saying – this season's probably a wash. Let's just see if he can instill some pretty football. He's not saying that. He's saying, I need to win football games. And I thought it was interesting in the Raul and Edu interview, which I thought was mostly just trash. But Raul did say, you know, we think that there is still time to amend this. Um, It is not yet halfway through the season. And I think that's extremely unfair on Arteta if you're expecting him to get us to top four. But I like that the club is not taking the comfortable attitude of the season is a wash. Fans can take that attitude because we're not having to run the club. But I like that the new head coach isn't. So uh, on the issue of experience, people who are concerned about this appointment have rightly pointed out that he has no experience. And I think that is totally fair. Um, There are questions about assistant coaches going on to be effective head coaches um, and managers. And I think, again, totally fair. I don't know that I share the concerns. He was asked about it. and, And he gave good answers, I think, in both the press conference and in the interview with the .dot .com about it. And one thing I like is he said, look, I'm not going to try to convince the players I have experience. What I'm going to do is give them the tools. I'm going to tell them what I need them to do. Then when they do those things, they need to see that it works. And if it works, they will trust me. And this is the fundamental thing that I think broke down with Emery. Emery asked them to do something, and they did it. And then he asked them to do something different. And they did that. And then he asked them to do something different and again and again and again. And I don't know how you build trust with players if you don't even trust your philosophy. I I think he's right. I think experience is not what gives players trust. I mean, okay, if you walk into the room with a huge reputation, you know, if you are Pep Guardiola, fine. If you're Jurgen Klopp. But like, if you're Mikel Arteta and you give them the tools and you tell them what you need them to do, and they do it, and it wins them football games and it achieves the results, they will trust him. So how do you feel... He responded to the issue of experience and and do you see it the way he laid it out
2: yeah I, I, yeah, I do I, I, up to a point I think just to touch on the emory thing, I think Emory had those players most of those players for the first first most of the first season, but like you say, when you're asked to do certain things and it doesn't lead to the end result, which was the champions League, you heard me say before, I think Emory died in Baku, simple as that. You look at the players' faces. You look at his faces. They, were, they, it was, it was done, because they followed him and they did not get their Champions League bonuses. Right? Trust me, players care about these things. They did not get their bonuses. They did not get what they wanted to get to. They didn't reach their sporting ambitions. Their trust was broken. Things happened over the summer, and it just permeated into the start of the season. Now, with Arteta, now they, we we can't we can't look. Tim's point is brilliant, actually. We can't look back on what he's done previously. So for us, we can only look at this page and and take today as the first time we've heard him speak in a position of authority. And I want to hear some cold-hearted people not be impressed with that because it's impressive. right? If you're looking and listening properly and taking away any thoughts you have about who he is, it's impressive. When Arteta came up the last time, I wasn't singing, he should get it. I thought he wasn't ready for it. I thought he needed someone more experienced that experienced guy didn't work out in the the medium term. So, this guy is now more experienced, seems to be more understanding of the problem and I'm not concerned about it and the reason why is because it's not the same job that Wenger had. It's got a bit more stability than even that Unai had. I mean, how many people left since he actually joined the club? We seem to have It's gonna be a Rao and sorry, it's gonna be a Rao, Edu and Arteta show. And so how they divide up those roles, what the connectivity is between Edu and Arteta is going to be what we're going to judge them on. I think that is really, really key. Because we haven't really seen Edu in all his glory yet. We know he's been there six months. I mean that came up in the interview. That connection between those two it's going to take away the level of fear some people have around experience. Another thing that's going to take away that fear is his coaching staff. Who's going to be on that staff? There are rumors out there, but I'm not too sure which one to believe. But it'd be very interesting to see the makeup of that staff to see, because sometimes you learn more about the uh, Arteta, because he's, he's covering himself with people that maybe have things that he doesn't have. I think that's going to be interesting because those people are going to add to the culture and it's going to be interesting to see how they are received because we care about this stuff now, don't we, as fans? We care about the detail of the coaching staff. I mean, there was, something, there was a guy named from Brentford today that may be on the staff. I went straight on and Googled him up, right? And, um, and Ornstein said he was very, very impressive and he, and I'm thinking, great, I don't know who he is, but I'm, I'm looking. And so we do care about these things. These details do matter, and I think. When the whole picture's together, I think we can judge a lot more then.
1: Yeah, uh, well said. All right, so, gosh, there's so many things that I want to discuss about this, and we could go on (laughs) all day. Um, Just talking tactically for a minute, he didn't Mm. get into specific tactics too much, at least that I recall from these these interviews. And again, not as an excuse for my incoherence, but I I am dealing both with uh, a medical condition known as strep throat, which some of the uh, uh, Europeans, Clive, are you familiar with strep throat? Do you call it something Mm. different over there?
2: No, uh, we have something called strep seals, a uh, throat sweep.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> so it streptococci, have... strep. To, no, n- 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 nothing yeah, like that. No,
3: I mean you, you have it, it. I mean it
1: exists. I'm sure it's just called something else. Um, it's common if you have kids in you know daycare age. Not that it, this is this is not the okay. uh, Arsenal Vision Medical Podcast, but combine that with the uh, the newborn, and I, I'm sort of just holding it together mentally by, um, uh, yeah, as you can see, paper clips. Uh, so. <laughs> But he he didn't get too much into tactics. But one thing he did say that I think is so, so important and was such a big part of what we did lose over the last year and a half was instilling fear in teams that come to the Emirates. And, I mean, I I think he took a big long pause when he was asked if Arsenal lost its attacking identity because I think he was cognizant of not wanting to be disrespectful to Emery in that moment. But he did say, long pause, unfortunately, yes. And then he talks about instilling that fear. And I think that that fear is a hint of what he might mean in terms of how he wants to approach it, being more front-footed, being more attacking. I mean, is the biggest um, excitement you have for him coming in, being a return to football that you identify as being more traditionally Arsenal football?
2: Yeah, you you said earlier about winning games. I know you didn't mean it literally as this, but I think we found that not just winning, but the whole process is really important about how we do it. Because I can remember seeing with you and the guys. We were going for that 22-game, I'm repeating, and run, and you were not happy. <laughs> you were not happy. You were telling me why this wasn't good. You, we were focusing on the detail, beneath the detail. And we weren't happy with how we were doing it. We were enjoying it, but we weren't really happy.
1: Well, and, and, and we the knew re- that one of the reasons we weren't happy is just not only because it wasn't aesthetically pleasing, but we didn't feel it was sustainable.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I was one of the ones on the more positive side to say that we can do this, we do this, we do this, we can do it. January really disappointed me went with the Dennis Suarez thing. That disappointed me a lot because I thought we were we were close in a year when other teams weren't so great. And we didn't do our jobs. We, we went into Arsenal land and that just annoyed me to death. And, uh, and then we ended up falling over ourselves towards the end. And, and so... You, you have to hear me talk about this. How you feel is everything. It's everything, you know? It makes people buy tickets. It makes people make different choices in their life to fill up those red seats. And I've got my mate whilst who's getting a ticket for me for the Chelsea game. And I'm bothering him to make sure he gets it, you know? Because I've got a feeling it's going to be a packed house. Because after hearing that press conference, it's going to be a packed house, you know? Mm. And, the, um, you know, the 12 pins is going to be bombing. Right, it's just going to be. It's going to be. And 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 how's that happened? Because we feel differently. Well, I do anyway. And I hope I'm speaking for more than just myself. We feel different. The process is important. The journey is important. Words like consistency. Words like ruthless. I love that. I love that. That's exactly what you want. Consistent approach. Standards that everyone can see. Standards only mean something when they apply to everyone. They're not standards otherwise. We can't have people sitting at home when other people are playing. We can't have people having sick days off when other people are playing. It can't happen. It has to be consistent. It has to be an environment but which is right for everybody.
1: My, my one caveat to that is I agree, but I think that in Unai Emery's arsenal, consistent meant same rules for everybody, period, with no attempt to really understand what, each individual player is about emotionally and and really connect with them and yeah, it was true. it was very much one size fits all coaching if you train hard you play if you don't train hard you don't play if you you know i do like arteta talking about being a heart surgeon and scratching that area and seeing what they're about because i think at the top 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 level of football it is naive to think you can treat everyone the same you know i think if you're coaching at a, a lower level even then, you might have to, you know, look, everybody knows, uh, you know, whether you're a parent, a teacher, a coach, some people well, I will thrive. I mean, t- t- Clive, if you've just, ever played football manager, right? Some of them thrive on the arm around the shoulder. Some of them thrive with, the, you know, with a, a rocket, right? So rocket up the yeah. yeah. So it's like you have to be able to be flexible that way.
2: Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. And that's what I've alluded to from the start of the pod how you deal with people emotionally is the key for me. I, I, I could not coach unless I can connect to people. I, I just couldn't. I'm no use unless unless I can get to know the people, get to know the players. I'm I'm not a coach. You know, I'm, I'm not. When you get to know someone, when you get to know their their game, how they move, what they care about, what they like doing, when you analyse some individual, then you can then you can coach them. That's how that's how I do it. Right, so. People that coach from, from textbooks and can put on drills. I can't do that so well. Other people can kill me on that, right? So I think maybe we had a freestyle coach in Wenger that was much more a father figure, and maybe a nice guy, maybe too nice in some respects. And then we went, we zigzagged the other direction completely with, with Emery, someone a bit more authoritarian, a bit more, less caring, didn't feel people as he should have done, hence why, there are rumors of the staff being upset and not feeling connected to the club. Lots of people got kicked out of the club because the club went through change. It's why I called him a cleaner. You know, when this is all happening, people are losing their jobs and you still got to come into work and, and it's a bad environment, someone that cares too much is not good in that environment, right? It's too much change, too much, too, too much people that, you know, just normal people losing their jobs, you know, people around the club, lots and lots of change. Maybe we needed that type of hard-nosed git for the first for the first change after Wenger. Now we zigzag back a little bit the other way. We have some with a ruthless edge, but a history of what Arsenal used to be in the Wenger period from a playing perspective, from a people perspective. And I think, I know it's only day one, and I'm a little bit excited, but I like where this guy has positioned himself for his first press conference and his first interviews for everyone to look and listen to.
1: Yeah, well said. Let's do this. A little surprise for everybody. We're actually going to pull Paul into the last 30 minutes of the pod so that uh, we can liven it up with some inappropriate comments and crazy analogies. I think that's what's been missing. Otherwise, the chat seems fine to me. But, uh, you know, the other thing that's missing, I mean, we have a sexy manager. Now we need some sexy drawers, so we'll take a break to tell you about some sexy lingerie that you can get from The Enclosed, and when we come back, Paul will join us to talk more about Mikel Arteta. He's not your Arteta, he's not my Arteta, he's Arteta. God, that's bad. Stay with us. More after this. All right, it's time to tell you about our friends at The Enclosed. That's right, Enclosed Lingerie is back, and we are thrilled to have them back for the holiday season, because it's just in time for you to get something for your partner. Forget the flowers and the sweaters or something like that, especially a gift certificate. Now you can get them high-end luxury lingerie from the enclosed. You don't have to wander through a mall awkwardly. You don't have to worry about the fit or the quality because it's always going to be backed by a perfect fit guarantee. And we can get $35 off your multi-month purchase just by using Arsenal at checkout. Just go to enclosed.gifts. That's easy enough. Enclosed.gifts. Be a holiday hero. Get her what she wants. It's something that's great for the relationship. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be high-end and fit perfectly every time. And then every month, you can look forward to that thing that is going to bring you closer together with that special person. So Enclosed.gifts is the site. Arsenal is the checkout code. Go there now to save $35 off any monthly, multi-month purchase. Enclosed.gifts. Do it now. All right, we're back. And now we are joined by the man himself, Paul. You can find him on Twitter at pause My pants. Hello, pause. Woo-hoo. All right, so just right off the top, Paul, I mean, uh, Clive and I have spoken about this. We are excited for Arteta. We are excited by what we've seen. Before you give us any analysis, just emotionally, you know, it's it's one thing to think about something happening and conceptualize it. How excited are you about Arteta being announced as Arsenal manager, coach, head coach?
4: I'm pumped. Absolutely pumped. Um, I mean, uh, there, there's how good is it and what does it mean for the club? But we support teams just because we're fans and we get excited and we get attached to uh, ideas and players and and just what you feel a club is all about. And, and just on raw excitement level, I don't know if this is the best possible appointment we could make, though, you know me, I'll argue it was um, excitement wise. This is it. Uh, I think he's I think he's uh, absolutely brilliant character. Um, uh, I never shut up about the fact that I wrote a blog in apparently October 11th, 2012, predicting that Arteta would be the next manager after Wenger. It was a little tongue-in-cheek, but I almost got it right, but I'm one manager off. He's just always had the it factor, and the thing that sparked me for that, for that uh, particular blog that I think is salient is uh, there's, there was a video back then um, you couldn't hear any audio, but it was just Arteta and Wenger standing in the middle of the pitch before the other players came out, and Arteta is kind of gesturing positions and players and kind of body position, where a boy, it, just like you see with Pep, just that energy. And I'm like, holy shit, that is not just a player or the captain talking to Wenger. He, he in the same way Pep does, he embodies the whole game. And he, you don't just see a player standing there. Um, you see a guy flowing the whole game to himself. This life, this vigor. I'm like, holy crap! And then you start to see him in games talking to um, uh, Ramsey or talking to some some young player, and you see the hands going. and It's 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 the economy of movement. It's his. You can just see the life in his coaching. The energy he transmits. And then we talked about yesterday the importance of his ability to be able to his, sell his vision kind of internally, externally in press conferences, and we saw that today. And it's just like, I thought this would be a good press conference. Holy shit, after a few prepared remarks, it's all off the cuff. It's all just him flowing. And you you understand that he, he has the it factor, and I thought he did, but he reminded me in levels – you just, you you can't quite capture it till it's live. He just has it and he can communicate it and he lives and breathes this um, and I think it's going to be infectious. So yeah, I'm super pumped.
1: Yeah, well said. I mean, I, I think that the the nice thing about Arteta being the coach right now is that at least for a little while, um, you know, we, we know him as a person a little bit, um, I think with Emery we we really wanted to get to know him and we struggled to ever really do that. And I, I think now all we want to do is get to know Arteta, the tactician. And that'll be yeah. interesting. And and Clive, that leads to a part of the conversation yeah. that is gonna be purely speculative, but I think is worth some speculation. If you just had to guess, if you just had to sort of go out and guess, he did talk a little bit about Wenger and Pep being very different that he learned totally different things from the two of them and that he wants to be his own man and I believe that. I think the hope for a lot of fans if you said why do you think this will work what is your trust in this the hope is sort of that the Pep stardust will rub off and that he will be a version of Pep but I'm curious to get your take on whether you expect that out of purely nothing but guesswork is there a a tactical philosophy you anticipate seeing from Arteta?
2: Well I can only go on based on what I've sort of read and videos I've seen, and I, I and maybe a bit of what I would hope to see, you know? I firmly believe that, you know, four three three 3 3 is the modern way, um, you know, with a 6 and 2 eights and wide forwards and a, and, a, and a rolling pivot, right? I prefer that. I prefer to have speed, intensity on the pitch and you know what, he's just left a team that's got all the trophies in their in their cabinet that does a lot of a lot of that. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm you know, I think the game is, is changing into being a much more of a a press a pressing transition game. And if you get pressed, you have to have the ability to repel it. And you have to have the ability to transition and stop transitions. And I think he's gonna put a team together to do that. If he doesn't, he will not be winning any of the big trophies because that's where the game is going, and so you have to adjust. Now, a good coach will always put in a system to suit his players, you know? and I don't want to put impose my system on uh, on my way of thinking too much on uh, on anybody else because everyone told me that Emory was a four two three one man, and I'm not sure he ever was. I just think he was whatever the opposition was going to do, and he went too far the other way. I'm hoping he's this way inclined. I'm hoping so. But he may look at this group and say, I've got a short-term problem. And particularly, we've got no left back. And so we may have to do something else to to get the best from this group. So I'm hoping, Elliot, that he is going to play that pressing, transition, quick movement, forward passing style, overloads, crosses, low cutbacks, just, you know, all of the things that we see in some of the better teams in this league, I hope he can do that with a, mm. with, an, with an Arsenal twist.
1: Well, Paul, so then let me ask you what you expect, and then I have sort of a follow-up. So quickly, I mean, do you agree with Clive there? Do you have a different take?
4: No, I think that's right. I think it'll be a lot of subtle tweaks, um, and there are areas where he doesn't have too much to work with. Like, he can't. He, you just can't fix our centre-back situation, by fixing the centre-backs. He doesn't have the players there to do that, but you can fix around it. So what's around it? Full-backs, which was a team at City where they've done very interesting things in different seasons, depending on what the problems are. Um, So I think he's going to do something with those full-backs, and especially us getting um, tore up on the transition. So one of the things they've done is pull the... The fullbacks either into midfield or even further up the field when they're they're in possession, uh, making sure those guys are very infield so that if there is a counter, there won't be a counter through the middle. They won't get straight at say Torreira DM. They're going to face Torreira and two fullbacks. There'll be tactical fouling, um, <coughs> and they're going to the when the fullbacks are in position, kind of upfield, they're going to push. The, the counter out to the wing. So I think we'll see um, maybe he'll take a different approach, but I think his fullbacks are the key to address uh, additional coverage and protection on the counter. Um, he'll do interesting stuff with our wings. Um, at City, they've either pushed them wide or they've used them as basically straight up and down forward wingers. They, uh, they'll have options with uh, obviously inverted wingers um so I think those are the areas that he can get the most tweaks out of um but as I'm sure we've said he doesn't have a lot of games to do anything major so I think I think it's all going to be about spacing triggers um and and making sure that the the team's switching on switching on when we have the ball and then switching on when we lose it so um I do think though Guardiola'd struggle to change the overall structure of this team uh, before next summer so I think he's going to have to keep his the scope of change quite narrow and quite focused.
2: Clive? Yeah I was just going to say someone tweeted me a good line actually and he said that he said in the press conference he said I'm not going to convince the players I have experience. I'm going to convince them there are certain things we have to do that are non-negotiable that will bring success and just listening to Paul and I'm thinking, what's that what what can he do? What can he do on day one? I'll tell you what he can do. He can make this team work a lot harder. Right? Because we are not a hard working team. And so he can basically say to everyone, We're gonna work hard. We're not gonna be outworked by anybody. He's got talent, but he don't really earn the right to play. You can do that on day one and see what that gets you. And then we can talk about those things about systems and tweaks and inverted wingers and fullbacks sitting in and We can do all that stuff, but hold on a minute. We don't we're not working hard, you know, as a football team. We when we lose the ball, we are we are jogging. You know, we are just letting things happen around us. There's no intensity. So he can do that. And by doing that, you find out, you really find out about people. You find out about their limits. You find out where they are. You know, and I think that's key. That's what that's one of the I, I think he mentioned the word, quick wins. Classic leadership, leadership word. When you go in, what are the quick wins? That's a quick win, isn't it? Everyone's going to work. I'm going to be measuring you, and you're not running hard enough. This is a fact. This time last year, you were doing this many Ks, this many sprints. This time this year, you're not. That's changes. Do you see what I mean? Mm. And that ruthless edge is exactly what we need. No more namby-pamby rubbish. We've all sat there watching people run through our team, getting shots off. So we had the most shots against us in the whole of bleeding Europe. This can't, this can't continue. And I listen to people talk about certain players. Oh my goodness, please don't, please don't. You have to hear me say, you can't hide from me. Please don't say these things because you're not watching. You're not watching what's really happening, what people, what players are doing and where they're, and how they're playing and how they're hiding on the pitch. And we will see it when it's right. We can remember these days, say, my goodness, how dark was this? Mm. How dark was this? and you know, we are really gonna look back and say, Crikey, we were trying to make certain people look better than they were because we're fans. We want to try and see the positive in them where we can. But my goodness, something of a rubbish and they're not working hard. They're taking Mickey out of the club. My hope he calls them out, finds them out, and gets them at least to a work rate level that we can all join in on in all respect.
1: Yeah, look, you guys tried to do the pod without me a couple times. Paul hosted, Tim hosted. Now let me show you how it's really done. Here's here's what I do, right? Paul? Yes. No, that's it. Go. Oh, okay.
2: Uh, <laughs> oh, call it, yeah, yeah, call it.
1: <laughs> Sometimes you just need to inject that little bit of tempo.
4: <laughs> the old switch of play. I like it. Uh, the crossfield field ball. Uh, look, everything Clive says is spot on. The only problem is and this would be a problem no matter who the manager is, you can call players out and say it's not good enough, you're not playing. He has no depth to work with. Like, if he decides he doesn't like what his left back is doing and it's not giving him anything. like He's going to have to hold a
1: competition a- at the stadium. <laughs> <for another>. Yeah.
4: <laughs> to replace the left back, he doesn't even have to start. It's not much better a right back. At DM, if he doesn't like, say, what Torreira is doing, where does he go? Um, You know, Chaka's off to wherever. It's can can, can not I within, respond to
1: that, though? Just yeah. real quick. The one good thing I would argue is the players that you might say are an issue in terms of energy or focus or work rate or commitment or whatever the soft factors are. Yeah. I don't think they're in those positions particularly. Like yeah. I, I think. Yeah, I look, see we see Our, our backline is limited deck. in talent. You're, not, you're not going to yeah, fix yeah. the talent of our backline. But like, if for example, if Ozil is your problem, we do have people we can put in those roles. You know what I mean? Uh, kinda. I mean, well, don't not, we debate that. Like that there's nobody else team. who can create. Yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. So, so all right. So, what does he do then? Well, how do you how do you address that? Is it as simple as just? Work with what you got. <laughs> I mean, it, it,
4: as you said, there are areas where he has maybe just just enough depth to kind of kind of show a little strength and kind of put one guy in, put one guy out. He he's running pretty thin in other areas, and that's where he's just going to have to sell. It. The reality is he can't actually dump too many people out of the team for not working. He's got to he's got to put a little bit of the fear of God into everybody, but just sell it to people, sell what, I mean, why wouldn't these players, these players have all played at some stage with their heart in it. So that's his challenge. But I think any manager would struggle with this setup, bring Guardiola in. He's going to struggle. This is not going to be an easy six months. Let's
1: have that conversation. I, I kind of disagree because I, I think if you brought the best Football coach in world football into Arsenal, whoever you think that person is, and you know I, I I hope it's Arteta, but whoever it is, I think this team is roughly the fourth best team in the Premier League, and maybe it finishes fifth, maybe it finishes third, maybe it finishes fourth. I mean, and by the way, in but a standard, psychologically, just hear me it's out for probably
4: a second. the eighteenth.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, all right, I can't I can't evaluate that, but like what I'm saying is that. In a standard year, where fourth is you know seventy six points or seventy four points or whatever the hell it is, yeah, no, it's not. But like in a year like this, where it's going to be, and, and maybe I've just invented that number, but you know where sixty two points might get you fourth place, I, I, I think we should be there or thereabouts. I think what I'm saying is, I do believe that more intelligence in how we're spaced across the pitch, more off the ball uh, focus in terms of where players should be when they don't have the ball. I, I think this can be fixed. I think more focus on playing in the parts of the pitch where we have quality and keeping the ball away from the parts of the pitch where we don't like, I think there are fixes. I'm not saying they're fixes that make us great. I think there are fixes that make us pretty good. Okay. Because I mean, this is an okay team. And I admit this is a yeah, team yeah. With tons of flaws, but Manchester United have tons of flaws and, and Chelsea have flaws and Spurs have flaws. And I mean, there, there's a reason that, that they're, they're struggling and still ahead of us because we've just played terribly. So, All right, well, look, let's get excited about Arteta here before we say goodbye. I mean, I I think this is really important. And, Clive, you know, we talked about in the summer how we were going to win the title because Adidas put out a shirt video, Yeah. um, if you remember.
2: Best club of the season.
1: Yeah, well, to be fair, every Adidas video has smashed it. And I have to admit, when the coach doesn't connect with you, the whole club feels at arm's length from the fans. You know, you can hate a player in the team. God knows I have. (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm kidding, but not really. But like you can hate a player or two in the team and still love the team and still find things to love about it. When you cannot connect to the coach, somehow the whole team feels at arm's length. And Arteta coming in today felt like wrapping the team around me like a blanket again. Felt like that Adidas video in a way. It it just felt like a relief. And and Freddie gave a little of that, but because he knew he wasn't the guy, I you know, I wasn't able to buy into it. This is at least, and, and this could fail. That, is, that doesn't mean it won't fail. But at a minimum, I feel back in the fold, if that makes sense. Do you, Am I explaining this in a way that makes sense? And do you do you get that same feeling, the feeling that the club and the fans can sort of rejoin each other now that there is a, a communicator? And, and I I sort of have always dismissed the idea that you should hire a guy because he's got Arsenal DNA, whatever that means, or he has a history with the club. But to be fair, given the disenchantment between fans and, and players and club, this does feel like an important reconnection to me.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a, it's, I, I'm, it's a massive reconnection. I, I wanted Klopp many years ago for just this reason, but th- this is better in some ways because we have an affiliation with the guy. You know, when I, when Arteta played, I used to critique him. I thought he was too negative. I didn't. I thought he got praise more than he should have done, and I've listened to the last two or three years and people praising him you know, ma- massively when he's not really done anything in the coaching world. I mean, you know, Wenger praised him, Potatino wanted him at Spurs, and Pep was desperate to get him at Man City. I'm thinking, hold oh, on I mean, a who is this guy? You know what I mean? And everywhere you turn, everyone is so positive about him. You know, people, Arsenal people who are crit- critical of the club I talk about this guy in such positive way, and I'm thinking, okay, how good is he? Well, today, that's it's, that's day one. That is a great start, and and I just can't believe how you can get so much right in one day. You know, it just really capture the whole problem. And
4: all off the cuff, Clive. It's like, uh, I was waiting for a prepared statement. He had a couple of lines that were clearly prepared, but then everything else was just free flow like like a yeah. Wenger can. Just it's all absolutely. off the cuff, natural. You You could see, he didn't blink for a moment. This was him yeah. and his philosophy. I, I was... I was blown away. I was expecting good things, and I was blown away.
2: Well, when you believe in something, when you believe in a a style, a way of working, uh, an approach, you don't have to recite it. You don't have to rehearse it. You don't have to learn it. It's who you are. You know, when you have a style of coaching and working and teaching people, you become an obsessive teacher. It's who you are. This is the most easiest thing to talk about for someone who's like that. I do, you know, it's so easy, you know, because that's your that's your life, that's how you operate. It's a way of operating, and he obviously does this. This is not difficult for him, you know. All he needs to do is understand the environment, so he can do it within this environment, and that's yeah. what he's focusing on. And so he's a he,
4: beautiful mix of silk and steel, Clive. You know what I mean? Like he, he seventy-five percent. It's all uh, kind of. uh beautiful fields, fluffy bunnies, and then 25% was, Roofless. of course, if I have to slit your throat, I will.
2: Yeah, exactly. And he did this, by the way. So I can't quite remember uh, Emory's first interview. And maybe it's, it's not a fair comparison because, you know, he he struggled with the, the language, etc. But I don't remember seeing that press conference, anyone next to him on that, on that desk. He did that on his own. And so he's yeah. come out there on his own No row, no Edu. They do their separate interview. They can talk about the organisation and connection and the organisation chart and technical director and we've heard that stuff before. He sat there on his own. No help. This is me. I've never managed a game. Bring it. What have you got? And he dealt with them all. And he dealt with us all. And we're all walking away from it thinking, wow, this has got potential. Now, we're going on to what you spoke about earlier about Sorry, Paul. We spoke about around the difficult job he's going to have. Yep, our centre half still can't sprint. One of our centre halves' defence from the bank of friendship is that deep, right? So we've got issues. We've got issues. Some of them are coachable. Some of them are not. I think some of them are very much not coachable. But there's some core fundamentals you can bring in, and which I'm hopeful he's going to do. You know, so um, I'm looking forward to seeing what he decides is the priority.
1: Mm. So let me ask you this. Paul, one of the things that, so I watched the Raul and Adu interview, and look, I don't want to make this a downer podcast, uh, which is a shame because that's sort of just what I do, and now I have to find another way to do it. But no, all kidding aside, like I watched the Raul and Adu interview, and I, I got to level with you. Like, I just don't, don't particularly care what Raul has to say right now. I, I am not convinced by him. Maybe you are, maybe other people are, and that's great. And I'm not here to argue and say you're wrong for me. I sort of get strong charlatan vibes off him, but w- whatever, it's fine. Um. But one thing that did come through in that interview pretty clearly is him saying, like, we needed to meet him and know that he was okay with the structure, the technical director, director of football kind of structure, and he was, and that's good. And he kind of emphasized that eight different ways. Do you worry at all about the the very clear intent this club has on creating this structure where the coach is just the head coach? And it's one we were all in favor of and believe in, but do you feel that, maybe there's not enough fluidity to it, that it's not symbiotic enough. You know, do I believe that Klopp has a say in what players come to to Liverpool? I do. You know, do I think Pep has a say in who goes to to Manchester City? I absolutely do, or at least in the profile of those players. Um, How important is it that Arteta has a voice in that room, and do you think that the structure of the club is set up to give him one?
4: Uh, I think it's very important he has a voice in the room, especially when you've got a tiny budget and no, no wiggle room, and no room for screw-ups. Um, uh, what I think's a little different is, and we saw it in the press conference, his ability to communicate surpasses anybody else's in that room. When you, when it doesn't matter what your business card says, when you're good enough, when you have the it factor. So yeah, I, I think all of that's a concern. Um, I would put my money that Arteta can sit in a room with those guys and tell them why they need to do what he thinks they need to do. Um, They can't turn around to him on the one hand and say, we've got a very limited budget, and on the other hand, tell him that the players he wants, we're not going to get those, we're going to get a facsimile of them, and it'll be good enough. I think they blew that with Emery. Uh, We might have had more money and more scope, and they had more credibility to come in and tell him what what they thought he needed. I don't know. I think Arteta has them by the balls right now. So I think he's got a lot of say right up and down the line uh, for two reasons. They, they don't have the budget to tell him that they can kind of give him what he wants. And his ability to communicate his ideas and what he requires is beyond their conception of football. I mean, even do uh, a strong footballing guy with his own clear ideas i'm not sure i've ever seen anything from him that allows him to communicate his footballing ideas uh, more strongly than arteta and which one of them has just been at the world's uh, most world class footballing operation where everything is done to the nth degree uh, there are there's no margin for error and has the input of the greatest uh, and latest cutting edge tactics. I don't know. I think, I think throwaway business cards. I think Arteta is one of those guys who will be able to get what he wants up and down the organization because of the crispness, cleanliness uh, of his ability to tell them what he wants and what he needs.
1: Cliveman, mm. do you have a do you have a feeling on how much authority he's going to have within the club and and. As, as that relates to sort of Adu and Raul listening to him and what he tells them he needs.
2: Well, it, we, it's obvious that we don't we don't fully trust um Raul and Adu yet. because we don't really what can we judge them on? Well, well let, we're, we're, I'm going to do the interrupting
1: we're. thing just real quick. The one thing about Adu, <laughs> okay. it, it's not that I don't trust Adu. I just don't know enough yet and like watching yeah. the Raul and Adu interview was frustrating for me because like Adu was getting like the Reek treatment from Game of Thrones off of Raul, who just kept interrupting him. <laughs> Ironic that yes. I say that in the middle of an interruption. It dawns on me. This is what they call self-awareness. Am, am, well, would that make me... Uh, who's the guy who beat up Reek and uh, Bolton? Ramsey. Ramsey Bolton, that's it. Am I Ramsey Bolton? Um, no, but my point is just like, he wouldn't let him talk. He kind of wanted to do all the talking. So I, I don't know. I just wanted to clarify that, like, I don't have a problem with do yet because I just don't know it. But the Raul okay. part... Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Sorry.
2: Well, you know what, mate? I think I don't want you to walk away with that with that interview as the number one thing today. I'm not no, going to let of you. No, of course not. I'm not going to let you, right? And, so, and I um, won't, yep. Because we've just seen a, a head coach come in. You know, I've always spoke about organizational design and structure and the importance of not having a single point of failure. And I'm going to not go back at all those words, but I've not felt what I felt today for a long time. You know, so um, And I don't care about Raoul, Eddie. Raoul, do your job. Get the right players in. Get the right scouting in place. Do your job. Get the right analysts around. Make sure he has all the support he needs to deliver on some of the words that he articulated today. That's your job. I don't care. I don't want to hear your voice. Not interested anymore. Because, as far as I'm concerned, you're you. are you um, i you. You have work to do. You know some of the recruitment scenes. Not all his, but some of the recruitment scenes over the last five, six years have been shocking. Absolutely shocking how We've sold players, how we've retained players that's on the club, right? And we cannot have potentially one of the most sought after young coaches come into our club, which seems to be the right fit, and we blow it because we haven't got the right decision makers in the background. That needs to improve. And I'm not putting that all on the the youngest coach in the Premier League at 37 years of age, wherever he is. We need to support him as a club, it's the most important thing. And it's even I said that before. Before I heard this interview today, now I've got a bit more insight into the major. I'm I'm even more adamant. We better do it, or we can forget all this arsehole class rubbish. We need to do it, because we've not treated our, our own people with class in the last couple of years. We've not treated our fan base with class in the last couple of years. So all those values need to be absolutely returned and repaired. And so how we treat this guy, there are going to be a lot of people watching that you know, watching this and watching this whole situation, and so as far as I'm concerned, do your job, make sure this guy's supported properly with the right tools, so he can deliver on what he um what he said, and deliver for all of us really, because we've had a rough time lately.
1: Yeah, well, so can I can I give you my unusual, <laughs> very optimistic, positive take on why I really don't think this will fail? Um,
2: don't th- freak, man.
1: So a coach is really two things, his ideas and his ability to communicate those ideas. Do you think that's sort of a fair representation of what a coach does? A coach has ideas about the football that should be played, and then he has to communicate those ideas. His ideas can be good. If his communication is bad, he fails. His ideas can be bad. If his ideas are bad, he fails, period. So you could have guys like Tim Sherwood, who has both bad ideas and is a complete clown and therefore cannot coach. You can have a guy like Unai Emery who maybe had bad ideas and maybe had some good ideas, but we'll never know because he clearly couldn't communicate them, and so he fails. I already believe that Arteta can communicate his ideas, and we know a few reasons for that. First of all, just seeing him today, have you ever seen a coach command the attention and authority and respect in a press conference the way he just did and not be a good coach? Like The funny thing is when I think of the coaches who are bad, they're either dinosaurs with stupid ideas about football or they come across as buffoons when they talk. There are very few beautifully articulate, passionate, intelligent, um, uh, erudite coaches who just aren't good at coaching that I can think of. I'm sure there are some, but not not many come to mind. Now, here's, here's why I think I struggle to see this failing. There's no way Pep kept Arteta as his assistant if Arteta has bad ideas about football. If Arteta doesn't want to play the right kind of football, the good kind of football, the the successful kind of football, the progressive modern football, he must like that football if Pep, Pep even promoted
4: him through his coaching yes, ranks.
1: Yes. Yes, so so he he must see football in a way that Pep does and I'm fine with that that. So I, I cannot believe his ideas are bad. Another story that kept coming out of City is that players like Raheem Sterling, players who improve At City, who was the coach that did a lot of individual work with individual players and improving them? Arteta is credited with a lot of that. So, if I believe that his ideas are good and I believe that he can communicate, that really eliminates the two biggest pillars upon which coaching success stands communication and good tactical ideology. And I believe he has those things. And so, look, there are a lot of things that can go wrong along the way. You can get unlucky, you can get unlucky, you can have a bad group that can't win, that can't play, that won't play, you fail a lot early and people give up on you before you have a chance? I mean, it it nearly happened to Alex Ferguson, right? I mean, that can happen. Um, He's got a very young, talented group that if he can work with them and build them up, if you look at Ganduzi, if you look at... Uh, hopefully Tierney and Bellerin, we'll see, and Pepe and Saka and Martinelli and Saliba coming in. You know, I I think about Ferguson, I just mentioned him, and and you think of, you know, the class he had come in and lead him to his greatest period of success. Maybe Arteta can ape some of that with the young players in the team and just augment it with some experience here and there, but his ideology surely, football philosophy surely is right. His communication surely seems right. And on those two pillars, I believe success stands. So, Paul, talk me down from that, that euphoria. Is is that a reasonable reason for optimism in spite of his lack of um, experience in this job?
4: I, I think it is. I think there's one other area that, that kind of joins those two, which is that emotional intelligence. Um, the reading of where you're at and what you need as the season goes. Kind of the ups and downs of the season come along you can have great ideas you can be a good communicator but you need that other piece that the overarching connection that emotional ability to know where you're at and what's needed next and somebody like a klopp in particular you see that one of the things he is is a conduit for the emotional of the emotion of the team um and and where they're at and what the next game Means and the framing of it, and uh, Guardiola is another one who's superb at explaining to everybody why every next game matters, why every next practice matters. Um, so he's he's one kind of coach where you have that that uh, emphasis on everything's important all the time. Whereas what's brilliant about Klopp is he frames the overall narrative of the the season. And that kind of that third post piece, that uh, emotional connection of knowing where you're at in the journey of the season, framing every bad result, but not just for the team, which is what we automatically expect. Also in the press conferences with the media, with the fans telling them why bad is good, telling them why, why a failure is an opportunity. Tell them why, uh, What just went wrong was a necessary part of the process to get you to where you're going. Um, And time will tell whether he has that, but he does. Mikel Arteta has the it factor, and he'll pull those three things together.
1: Yeah, I I think that's well said. By by the way, you know, as more and more of these quotes come out and you look at them in writing, like here's one that uh, it's just something we've been talking about on this pod. I've been saying this in the pod nonstop when we talked about Emery and just how the player's Seemed confused with all the changing. And Arteta says, football is about habit and angles. It is much more simple for a player if you can process the image of where your teammate will be before receiving the ball. If I'm in the kitchen and I know the glasses are always in this cupboard, I get my glass of water more quickly. That's the football we need. Players to know where they're supposed to be. No what their teammates are doing before they do it. And, and that is Pep Guardiola football. I mean, that, that's right out of Pep Confidential. Clive, I'll give you the final word. Um, I won't give you the final word, actually. I'm going to give you a, a final concept here that we're all going to weigh in on. We did this on yesterday's pod, but I want to reiterate it. Um, the, the Patreon pod, we covered this a little bit. But just super, super quickly, what mm-hmm. are the metrics you will use to evaluate this coach this season? What are your expectations, and how will you judge him?
2: Oh, I, I will judge him by how people are reacting to him. I think that's really important. In the end, how people react and engage with you will either lift you up or they'll take you down. And so I'm reading something now where four or five of the dressing room want to leave. That's because they don't feel like they're the clear direction or they don't feel a, a reaction and connection to the club in some way. So I'm looking to see how he can change some of that for ones that I would like to see stay. And I'm looking to see how everybody, you know, all the old people listening and the fans in the stadium, I want to see how they react to, to his ability to articulate the story of the club, articulate the story of the game to the players. And I think that's really, really important.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm going to say something annoying, but... I don't really care about the results at all the rest of this season, as long as we don't get relegated. Yeah, Um, Yeah, me too. If I see a system that he is trying to implement and a way of playing football that he is trying to get these players to understand, and over the course of the season I see that working and taking hold, and that we look like a better team in May than we are today, which, let's face it, he couldn't be teed up for that to be easier to do. Then I will be satisfied. I think that is good enough. You know, we we touched on this in the Patreon pod, but I I see a lot of Klopp similarities in the sense that um, you've got a guy coming in mid season of a lost season, bringing a philosophy that you know could bear fruit starting next season. But he kind of has a free hit on just I- implementing it starting now. I, I know he said he doesn't see it that way. He needs to win football games, but I I think he has a lot of latitude this season. And unless it really bottoms out to such a degree that he just seems in over his head. I think it should be fine. Paul, let's do Elliot, something. Elliot, yeah. so
2: Alex, do you agree, or do you both agree? Because you were both, you know, you both always liked Arteta, but do you agree that now is a better time than it was maybe 18 months ago?
1: You talked me into you... that yesterday on the pod. I, I, I kind of thought no, because I was like, the club feels more like a mess. I have less faith in Raul. I have less faith in some of these players. I I think, you know, we're a weird balance of inexperience and... and overage players but like yeah no you talked me into it because i think that there is a lot less expectation that you know it's always darkest before the dawn you have nowhere to go but up whatever aphorism you want to use like yeah you you talked me into the idea that this is probably a better time for him than it would have been um i mean would i have preferred that they hired him a year and a half ago and we didn't have the emery era I, I still think yes <laughs> but you know that's just because i I did not enjoy the Emery era in case I have not been clear about that um but let's do something fun to end this Paul just real quick um give me so a couple of things first of all give me your prediction on league table finish and cup finishes the rest of the year
4: oh Jesus Christ could be anything and I I, I don't think there's anything that drives it in a particular direction um it could be anything um
1: that is true I mean well it couldn't be anything. I don't think for I think we're mathematically eliminated from finishing first or something. But.
4: Yeah. Uh I guess I think we'll make the Europa League places.
1: 6th uh, roughly thereabout? about. Yeah. And what about FA Cup? FA Cup. Yeah,
4: you see we could definitely have a go at that and a run at that. So semis are better. I don't is that mm-hmm. a prediction?
1: Yeah, sure why not. <clears throat>
4: Anything, Anything else? else? Y- y- Europa oh, Europa League! League. <laughs> uh, oh, that old thing. Um, yeah, yeah. No, we could have a. Re- yeah, yeah. I think we're. I think we'll suddenly perk up for that. Um, I certainly, 70s are better. I think we'll make the final and lose.
1: It has stronger teams in it this season than it has in a long, long time. Um, so it, we're going to have to sort of duck, dive, dodge, and duck, as they say yeah. in uh, dodgeball. Uh all right so paul here here comes another one. Who is the player who will most thrive under arteta, and who is the player who maybe will lose prominence or or most fall away from the the first team picture under arteta uh
4: player who will gain the most will be Torreira.
1: That's not the correct answer, but I like it
4: uh I can give you reasons why. Pep was a DM who gives a shit. Uh, Arteta wasn't a DM, but became our DM. It's the key to uh, our centre-backs, our defence, not getting done on the counter and everything ahead of it. Uh, Torreira has absolute potential there, um, and it's been lost. And Arteta's got to start somewhere. Um, well, mid,
1: midfield metronome, right? Like he can tell Torreira, just slide here, be here, be available, move it quickly. You know, he can give yeah, him some. Yeah, and of that, Terreira's that, you
4: know. basically there. I mean, that's kind of he started as a guy who was doing all of that, and then it got lost. Uh, hopefully, we stop asking him to do two jobs in every second different game. Uh, be be a ten today, and tomorrow be a kind of a DM, but a shared DM with somebody else. So, uh, City have typically had an actual DM with two players ahead of them. Uh, so, they they don't always have this double pivot structure. So I think there'll be clarity there for Torreira, and all sorts of reasons why Arteta is the man to settle Torreira down to what he was doing for us before and take it to a, a higher level. Who uh, will the fade personal, away. Yeah, uh, I think it's got to be. There's got to be a reckoning with. Uh, it comes out of Ozil or. Um, I assume he was very
1: strong in his comments about needing to get Ozil to work for him, and that it was important that he get the best out of Ozil.
4: Yeah, but then when Ozil doesn't deliver,
1: <laughs> fair enough.
4: <laughs> um, so he'll he everybody will get a chance to fail, as I think somebody said on the podcast, uh, or should have a little while ago. Uh, but I think it's between him. The, it has to be the big guys you look at. So there's Laka, Alba. It could be Alba because. Uh, He, you know, center forward is something that Pep has often sacrificed to the system. Question is where you get your goals from. You can do that at Mm. Barcelona with a whole bunch of other people uh, that can score goals. We have nobody else who scores goals, so uh, I think Laka, Alba, some, you know, I I don't, I don't, yeah.
1: So, so one of those. Probably Ozil. Okay, Okay. probably Ozil. Okay, Uh, Clive, who who will be the thriver? And who will be the diver?
2: Um, I think the thriver will be Pepe.
1: Correct. That's the right and answer. The,
2: re- <laughs> the reason why, if you looked at Man City's game plan last week, it was just basically to stop him. He's already started to change people's analysis uh, of Arsenal, and they played Foden in that corner, and they really triple teamed him in that side, and worked very hard around him. So that means that Arteta probably set up the game plan already likes him and if you watch the West Ham game and other games this year in in patches you can't help but see there's something there if he's allowed to um, have the time to develop I think he will be the one that thrives the most and as for Diver I I I don't know I mean we've got so many people that are pretty average Um, so I don't want to pick anyone in particular I think it will be interesting to see how Guendouzi adapts to this guy because he's got potential on the ball, but off the ball, he may as well be sitting next to me while I'm doing this podcast because he's not doing it. That so, would make,
1: uh, if we can get him on the pod, I mean, I don't even know if The Athletic can make that happen, but <laughs> if we can get him on the pod, that would be awesome.
2: <laughs> and, we, and he has to care about that. And he does on he does on, in patches and there's so much there. and um, But he's also got lots missing could he be an opportunity to get some fun in or is he going to be an opportunity to play properly? And I think that's going to be an interesting one to watch his development because we're talking about a coach who develops people individually there's a lot to work with with Torreira, Guendouzi, Pepe for example, just the three that are really quite close to being something without fully convincing any of us. So that's going to be a challenge but I want to see how he addresses that.
1: Mm, yeah, I think my thriver is definitely Pepe. And look, I'm going to go for the ultimate reach here, but I just think given the work he did with Sterling and the importance of Sterling to their system and what Sterling did at City, a, tri- a tricky, dribbly winger who played as an inverted winger, got close to the box, received the ball, you know, on the, on the edge of the box, in the channel, in the half space, attacked the box from close range and either delivered or scored, I think he's going to try to get Pepe playing that way more. Um now, whether Pepe can thrive that way, we'll see, but I, I think that's something that that he will look to do, and, and I see that. I think maybe the person who will not thrive is Lacazette. I, I I, think hard choices have to be made with the squad, and one of the hard choices is which striker do you play. And I think if you're only picking one, as much as I like Lacazette, and I want to be clear, I like him. I like him a lot. I still think you pick Aubameyang, and I, I think he will do that. So that's sort of where I think he'll come down on that. Um, One last thing... You know, I have a weird feeling that we might see something strange happen in midfield. If I had to pick a weird prediction, it would be we might see a player come into midfield that we didn't expect. I think this midfield needs athleticism. It needs an injection of something. It wouldn't surprise me if maybe Maitland-Niles did finally get... A midfield role. I mean, assuming we actually have someone to play right back, or that he tries to put someone into midfield. You know, there is no Kevin De Bruyne in this team. Maybe he will try to get Ganduzi playing that way as the 10 who drops in, carries it forward, and distributes. I don't know. I mean, can I give yeah, you a name, Elliot, just yeah.
2: to, that could play deep if you don't mind? Um, Nelson.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's my point. Hi. I think we could see something really. Unusual, unexpected in midfield. Um, I am bumping up against a hard stop because I'm supposed to be taking care of a baby. Uh, not that that is as important as a new manager, but is it cool if we just uh, tie it off there? Yes, I'll take that like as Like an answer.
4: umbilical cord, yes. Yeah,
1: exactly. Which, uh, by the way, the umbilical stump just fell off today. So happy birthday. Eight, eight, eight days in. Yeah. Everybody need to know that. Pause on Twitter, pause in my pants. Thanks, Pause. Clive's on Twitter, Clive PFC. Thanks, Clive. Thank you very much. I'm over the moon. I'm elated. I can't wait to watch it. Is it the best appointment? Who knows? It's an exciting one. It's one that I think has a lot of people happy and feeling connected again. It's the most we can ask for. So it should be a happy holiday. Even if the results don't come, we're talking football again. We're going to start talking football again, and, and it's long overdue. Can't wait to do it. And Tim will be back on a future pod. And Scott's got an analytics pod coming out for Patreon. Um, Clive's going to do his transfer pods there lots of good stuff coming up and most of all thank you for listening we love you we really do appreciate you being here uh through the highs and the lows and i i think this is a high and i feel really good about where we're heading so we'll leave it there um you know if you want to sign up for the athletic.com forward slash clive pafc we'd love it if you do that or come join us at patreon or whatever but um more than anything we just hope you're having a great day and enjoying all the all the arteta news and we will talk to you after arsenal 10 everton nil